Hello, WeanCast listeners. We're going to take you to the episode in just a second. But first, we wanted to take a minute to tell you about our awesome Patreon page. If you dig our podcast, then you should check us out at patreon.com. There, you'll find tons of exclusive material not found on our regular podcast. Yes, exclusive episodes, bonus tracks, and other especially brown shit. We've got rare tracks straight from legendary taper Fred Moore's own private vault, including a truly bodacious Sorry Charlie, as well as part two of our epic interview with Claude Coleman, drummer of Ween, of course, where he shares such shit as how he came to join the band. Hint, couch surfing at the pod was involved. And a conversation about, and among other things, the pandemic with Tomato 11, band leader of Sound of Urchin and Ween Friend. We're just scratching the surface here. We've also got a vinyl series where we discuss highlights of Shane's swank vinyl ween collection, exclusive episodes covering ween side gigs like the gigantically brown Jimmy Wilson group, as well as articles and pics from our heart to yours. All told, we've got 10 plus hours and growing of materials just for our patrons. We dig doing this podcast and we're glad you're listening, but it just isn't big enough for all the crap we're dishing out. So we needed somewhere else to put all this extra stuff we've got. So check us out at patreon.com slash podcast. See ya! And now, back to the episode. Weencast. A ween podcast with Shane and Rory. Hey, what's up? This is Shane. And this is Rory. And this is Weencast, and we welcome you. Good day to all. Yeah. What's up, everybody? This is our 10th episode, and we are totally psyched. This is the, uh, uh, it's hard to believe it's actually been 10 episodes. We're very proud of that. Um, I know for a lot of podcasts out there, it doesn't really mean anything. It's a drop in the bucket, you know. But there's also a lot of podcasts out there that never make it to 10 episodes. So we're... Happy to be here. We invite you to check out some of the past episodes. All of them have been about a specific ween show. Each episode has revolved around a specific ween show um, that we talk about and review and and whatnot. But for the 10th episode, we really want to do something fun and something different and talk about our favorite ween albums. It's something we've been talking about doing for a long time. We've been going back and forth, having a lot of different discussions about which ones are our favorite. How can you choose? It's very difficult because I think I speak for a lot of Ween fans out there, if not all Ween fans, and say, I love them all. Yeah. They're they're all great. Go ahead, Roy. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, some of these, you know, as we were thinking and about you know, how you, how do you pick your top three? You know, it's so close and it's like razor thin margins. And like, you know, the ones just cause we didn't don't just, just cause an album doesn't make the cut for us. Doesn't mean that it wasn't really close. Yeah. So basically what we, what we decided on doing is instead of choosing our very favorite, because it's just too difficult. We just, we just couldn't decide, you know, there's no way that we could say, okay, this one album is our absolute favorite. We basically decided let's do a top three, you know, can we do a top three ween albums that we could say, okay, we're comfortable that these three are our favorite albums. You know, we'll defend that up and down. And (laughs) 
we we kind of came to a conclusion over the last few weeks of of having some discussions back and forth and stuff. Um, so here's kind of what we we came up with. Two of them we agree on that you know my top three and 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 Rory's top three. Two of the of the albums are the same. Yeah. So we came up with we came up with each of our own top threes independent of each other. Right, right, right. And then shared to each other what we thought our top three were. Right. So so both of us agreed that that two of them on our on our lists are the same. And then there's one that we we differ on. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. I just want to tell Rory, it's been a lot of fun having, you know, these conversations back and forth over the last few weeks and it's been it's been a great time. Yeah, we've we've each made sure to go back and you know, <coughs> excuse me, listen to each album, you know, kind of deliberately and like go through the chronology and, um, and just re-listen to them and, and think of them as albums, uh, watching them live so much, you know, it's easy to kind of think of songs and think of Ween just on the live side, but there's, they they made studio albums and they put together nine albums, you know, and, and so they are something that deserves to be listened to in their own right and not just hearing the songs live uh, as part of a live set list. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to throw in real quick, we're from the era of the album, so to speak. I mean, like when we were, you know, when we were teenagers and whatnot, it was like the era of the CD, right? So that is what you had, you know, when we were... When we were teenagers and we were getting into Ween and different types of, of bands and different types of music, it was like, that's what you had available. You know, this is back before the days of, you know, excessive internet, at least. And you couldn't just go on YouTube. You couldn't just go on Amazon Music or ask your Alexa to just play Ween songs. or it. You, you, you couldn't do it. So basically, it's like... You, you, you didn't know, go on Pandora and type in Ween. Right. Or type in David Bowie. Yeah, there was <laughs> get, get, get a lot of weed. There wasn't you know, right. There, like there wasn't any of that. So basically, you had what you were, what I, I hate to say, stuck with, but it's kind of true. And it's like you know, you put in a Ween CD in the car, and more than likely, you're going to listen to the whole thing, if not you know, most of it at least. So we're from that sort of like era of like we just always go back to you know, the different albums, you know, Pure Guava, Chocolate and Cheese, Mollusk, you know, whatever, whatever it might be, you know, and those records mean a lot to us. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it's easy to just sort of say, okay, nowadays you just, you know, Ween comes on your, your phone or your, you know, your computer and just plays random songs or whatever. But, but those albums are, are special to us. And I think a lot of people who sort of grew up before the days of like the, easy to get music if I, if I may, you know, so I just want to throw that in there real quick. Yeah. There's a lot of things that go into an album, you know, like how do you order the songs? Like what's the, what are the thematic elements of the album? What kind of variety does the album have? How much brownness, how brown does the album get? You know, um, there's a lot of different factors when you're thinking about, you know, what goes into an album and then, why is one, you know, what goes into being a top three, you know, like there's a lot of different things. It's not just being like, Oh, okay. Oh, there, you know, this song's on there. Great. You know, it's kind of like, you really have to listen to the album as a whole and take it in as a whole. Right. Totally. And so that's, that's what we were trying to do as we, um, you know, assessed our top three and we didn't have a, we discussed having kind of a rubric to, 
uh, sort of choose them more objectively, but we never really went so far as to like tabulate, you know, a score for each album to decide which one were the top. It was more of a holistic listening and just sort of thinking about the songs on them and, and then just listening to it as a whole and thinking, okay, you know, how does this move me? You know, like, like, why is this album great? What's, what's great about it and what, what is, uh, detracts from it. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the, that's one of the things is like, we're, you know, during this discussion, we're going to be kind of critical, you know, because you have to be when you're talking about something like this. And that was one of the things where we, when we first started talking about doing this, it was kind of like, okay, well, you know, when you're listening to one of these albums, what song would you possibly, you know, skip, you know, what song, what songs would you say? Okay. Well, you know, the, the rest of this album is great, but you know, this kind of detracts from it or that kind of detracts from it. Because when you're talking about the Ween albums, again, it's, it's so easy to just be like, well, they're all so great. You know, every, I love everything. I love every song. It's like, well, that's kind of a given, you know, for a lot of, of us, if I dare say, you know, Ween fans, it's so easy to just say, I love, I love everything. Yeah. You know, so you have to sort of take like a critical, you know, mindset when you're, when you're really breaking it down and, and you're really getting into what's your favorite and what do you think are, you know, your favorite albums of theirs. So, yeah, the, the, the thing, you know, and when I mentioned that, um, you know, you have to look at the songs on the album and the album as a whole versus just thinking about the live performances. There are definitely songs that when I listen to them on the album, I'm definitely not as in awe of those songs as I am when they're live. Uh, there are some songs that on the album, they kind of don't work that well or don't stand out very well. But when they're live, they're amazing. And so it really is about like listening to those albums and not just, oh, that song, because songs can be presented in different mediums. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's kind of it's it's taking a different um, approach to those songs. It's like, I love that song. But, you know, on this album, it's like, well, maybe it hasn't been completely, you know, fleshed out yet at the time or whatever, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, another band that I love that um, that has a lot of great albums are the Beatles. And so you'll hear me probably drop a few Beatles references to kind of help align, you know, what I'm trying to say about various albums today. But the one thing like, you know, Shane mentioned, uh, sort of skippable or songs that you would just skip if you were in the car. So think of it this way. Like you listen to the White Album and you just, it's fantastic. But then you come across Revolution Number 9. You skip it. Yeah, I mean, it's... You know, I'm not saying, you know, like, so, you know, because you're just chilling and jamming, it's like, you know... Oh, you just skip that one because it's kind of like, okay, well, you know, it is what it is and you can respect it and it's cool or whatever. It doesn't work, does work, but you skip it. Yeah, I mean, we're just kind of being honest about it. It's like, okay, you know, it's 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 just too easy to just say, I love everything. I love them all. I love all the tracks. It's like, yeah, yeah but come on, you know, let's be honest about it. If you were just listening to this album, um, you know, Ween, The Beatles, whoever it is, it's like, would you really just listen to every single track or would you... You know, we just skip a couple here and there. You know, it's okay. It's okay. You know, <laughs> so. Yes. We just want to mention, so what's included and what's not. To, to us, it's kind of common sense. Um, basically, we're just talking about the studio albums here, the Ween studio albums. No live stuff, no compilations, no EPs, nothing like that. So God Ween Satan, The Pod, Pure Guava, Chocolate and Cheese, 12 Golden Country Greats, The Mollusk. White Pepper, Quebec, and La Cucaracha. So those are, 
what we are going to talk about. Every all of the 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 major studio albums by Ween. I think that again, that's kind of common sense to a lot of Ween fans. But we're not going to get into the live stuff or or anything like that. It's just the the the, the mainstream studio album. Okay, and again, we picked our top three. All right, both of us picked a top three. We agree on two of them, and there's one that we differ on. So that's four different Ween albums. All right. So we're going to start off, and we're going to talk about the rest of them. So not those four. We're going to save those to uh, the end or save those until after. But we're going to talk about the, 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 the best of the rest or, or whatever you want to <laughs> say. So we're going to just do a random order. We're going to talk about the rest of those albums in a random order. And what we're going to do, we have a dice prepared. This is, <laughs> this is kind of geeky on a lot of different levels. <laughs> I realize that. But we have a dice that Rory is going to roll. And whatever, whatever, <laughs> whatever number comes up, he is assigned to one of the rest of those albums. And that's the way that we're going to talk about them. Yeah, so we're going to, yeah. So we're just going to say a quick word about the ones that don't make the cut. I've got my, it's a die, by the way, please. It's singular. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. I got my my 10-sided die. (laughs) And each of the five albums that didn't make the cut have been assigned uh, two numbers. And so, so um, that way it's, it's random so that no one knows what's going to come next. So are we ready to get started with this? I'm ready whenever you're ready, man. All right. I don't know if the sound of the die in my little die box will, uh, dice box will, uh, will come on the mic, but we'll see. That's great. All right. And so the first one to talk about that didn't make the cut, uh, a little appropriate that it's the first one, uh, La Cucaracha. Okay. I kind of figured that would happen. So we're going to go straight to the, to the, the last album put out and talk about La Cucaracha. Um, do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Well, you know, La Cucaracha, I think, is a great album. I think it's 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 very creative. I think there's a lot of creativity in that album, and there's more good things in that album than a lot of bands probably will ever do in their entire career, you know, to be honest. But by that point, you're starting to see, uh, in my opinion, sort of like a ween, you know, formula. Um, you know, you go down the track listing, and it's kind of like, Okay, well, we're going to need to have one of these songs, one of these songs, one of these songs, and one of these songs. There's a couple of great gems on the album. Your Party, I think, is a great song. It is something that will stand up to basically anything they've ever made, studio-wise or otherwise. And a couple of other good highlights, but for the most part, you know, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't really hold up to you know the, the the rest of the albums that's a very critical stance on it but that's that's kind of how i feel about it yeah it it um it if, I, if i'm being honest it, it feels a little bit derivative of of itself right um it's a little bit um it's almost like if someone else was trying to be ween like how do we make a ween album it's a little bit um distant but we're not here to to um to be shame makers so <laughs> So yeah. So anyway, so La Cucaracha didn't make the cut. I love it. Just um, you know, not anything too great, and a little bit of um, you know, been there, done that. So all right. So let's see. What's the next one? Okay. 
All right, so the next one that did not make the cut, White Pepper. Okay. So, great album. Again, you know, amazing, some amazing songs. I think the the problem, I'll, I'll give my own personal, you know, sort of like nostalgia opinion on that album. The, the, the problem for me anyway with that was probably at the time I had heard a lot of those songs being played before the album actually came out. So when it actually came out, it was kind of like, okay, you know, I've heard all of these before. Okay. That's, that's my own personal take on it. A lot of great stuff on that album, but I think from the albums that came before it, it was kind of like, this is good, but it's not, it's not up to par with some of the other stuff that had come out previously. Well, I mean, I guess I would be a little bit um, lighter in my rebuke, but uh, because I would say, you know, White Pepper, and I agree with what you said about, <laughs> excuse me, I agree with what you said about um, it's, um, you know, we had list, heard a lot of these songs live before the album, so it was a little bit different when you got it and you listened to them as an album um, than some of the earlier albums for us. Um, I would say White Pepper is fantastic. In gen- like overall, there's really no like throwaway songs on that album. Like there's, it's really pretty good top to bottom. And there are definitely a few just like really great songs like stay forever. I think it's just beautiful mm-hmm. and flutes of the chi. I would say this is one where it just didn't quite make the cut. Like it's like, if I'm saying there's gotta be three, then there's gotta be three. Yeah. And I can't say, Oh, well we've, you know, gotta be four, gotta be five. It's like, you know, we're the whole point of this podcast is that we are making a cut and saying these are the top. And sorry, White Pepper, you just didn't quite get there because it's not a reflection on your poverty. It's a reflection on how great so many Ween albums are. Right. And if I could say one other thing real quick about that, about that album would be it's almost like it has like three different pieces to it. Like I'm I'm looking at the, the track listings of everything here at, at mm-hmm. uh uh, next to me and it's kind of like exactly where i'm at through like bananas and blow stroker ace to um pandy fackler and stay forever through she's your baby i don't know if that makes any sense to anybody else but i've always kind of felt that way it has sort of like three like chunks to it yeah and it doesn't it, it may not like flow very well you know all together you know, each track on that album is great. Like you said, there isn't really too many like skippable tracks. But, you know, if we're going to say an an album as a piece of work, you know, as a whole, a whole piece of, of art together, it may not really have the sort of thing that, that flows as well as some of the others. Again, a critical stance, but, you know, kind of true. Yeah. So, um, all right. So you ready for the next one? Let's do it. All right, so the next one that didn't make the cut. Use a 12-sided die on this one. Uh, so the next the next one to talk about that did not make the cut, this one is probably going to be controversial to a lot of you. Um, so let's get it out there. Uh, Godween Satan. Okay, so Godween Satan, I love, you know, to death. I've listened to that album. I mean, it's got to be... Uh, easily hundreds of times, at, you know, in in my life, it's a very great example of sort of like teenage angst, 
if you will. Like if you go back and listen to it as a, as an adult, it you can, you know, you can feel like the youth in it as you listen to it. But there again, it's sort of it's it's before some of the truly great things that they would accomplish, and it doesn't have the maturity of the things that that would be, you know, yet to come after it. If that's fair. Yeah, Godween Satan is an amazing album, and it's like Roots of Ween, you know, and it's one of those things where when you're a hardcore Ween fan, you really want to say. Yes, Godwin Satan is one of my top albums. And I probably had Godwin Satan as one of my top couple albums for like a really long time. And probably going into this, uh, preparing for this podcast, probably I was expecting it to be in that top top three. Right. But, uh, but as I listen to it, I'm just realizing, you know, this is a little bit like proto-ween. Like it's a little bit too raw in a lot yeah. of places yeah. where you're seeing these, there, there's some amazing songs, don't get me wrong. There are some really amazing songs that like go down as the some of the best Ween songs ever, and there's a lot of Ween songs, you know. So that's uh, that's a credit, but uh, but sometimes they feel like they're not quite fully formed, that the the band hasn't that the Jeter and Diener haven't quite completely mastered the elements. I think that also one of the themes that that I felt is like they definitely benefited from the. Inclusion of more musicians and more permanent musicians as part of the band, and so I think this is an example of where I kind of realized listening to the album that a lot of the songs became way better live, like over the years, and that when I listen to the album, it's kind of like wow, these aren't quite fully formed, and so as great as that album is, I had to kind of say, you know what, I can't make the cut. Yeah, that's fair. I mean. Also, again, it's a good example of there are some great sort of like strings of songs. In other words, it's like tracks, you know, three, four, five, and six are great. And you yeah. just, that's a, that's a, you know, that's a great little block there. And that's a great little block here. But as far as like the whole thing, it's also very long. You know, it's a, it's a lot of, it's a long album with a lot of very short songs. So it, again, it's like as a whole piece of work altogether. You know, it's very like here and there and and everywhere. You know, speaking of the Beatles, but <laughs> but as a as a complete like work of art, you know, m- might not have the same kind of like flow as some of like the later stuff. Yeah. All right. So there are two left that did not make the cut. You ready for the next one? Yeah, man. And the next one we're going to talk about um, is the pod. Okay. So, you know, there again, it's, it's tough because I love the pod, a great sort of experimental album. If I may, the pod is almost kind of like, if you were to say, okay, here, we're going to take these dudes, lock them in a room with, you know, a four track, a guitar and a, and a drum machine and see what they come up with in six months. You know, that's kind of like the pod, you know? It's great. It has a lot of great stuff, but it can be a little slow. It can be a little sort of like on like uh, the depressing side. You know, the whole mono thing at the time, I'm sure, played into that. Again, it's very long and it has a lot of songs on it. So maybe it would have 
benefited to, you know, have some of those songs just be left off as like B-sides, you know, or, or whatever. Yeah, I would say the pod would have benefited from tightening up the song list. Right, right. Um, I think there's a, there's so many truly great songs like Sorry Charlie, uh, Demon Sweat, Captain Fantasy, Rights to the Ways and the Rules of the World. Yeah, great. You know, there's so many great, great Pork Rolling and Cheese is like one of the legends. Yeah, absolutely. But there's just also a lot of like skippable stuff. They could have benefited from chopping some of that stuff out of there and then maybe producing the songs. And and again, obviously, that's one of the things about this album is that it's not like produced. But but not even just the equipment, but just the idea of like kind of putting the songs to a certain degree, you know, in terms of like, is this a final product? You know, I think some of what I said for Gawain Satan, I think is still true here. I think you have it's like proto ween. This is like the early stuff, you know, and it's brilliant, but just not quite. Um, complete enough to justify saying this is top three. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely seeing a progression in terms of, you know, the songs and, like, how thought out they are and everything from Godween Satan to the pod. You know, there's there's some more stuff taken seriously. You know, that's for sure. But, um, you know, but yeah, I mean, it it, it doesn't have you know, sort of the fully fleshed out stuff that they would, that they would come to, uh, that they would come to do. Yeah. But the, but the pod is a great example of, you know, like I said, uh, it, it, I, I don't know if it's, if the whole thing is really just those two guys or not. I'm, you know, I, I know there's a couple of other people that come in, in and out on, on that album, you know, or whatever, but it is still a great example of like these guys just did this with like a drum machine and like a you know you can tell a lot of like the drum effects and whatnot on it are are fake but it doesn't matter it's it's still good you know it's still it's still cool you know yeah so it's a it's a great example of something great made with very little if i you know if i could say that about it Mm -hmm. so and so that um brings us to one left the last one that didn't make the cut and that would be I uh, don't have to roll a die for that one because I know which one it is. <laughs> and it is Quebec. Quebec. Right. So now we're back to the end of the, the I don't want to say the end of their career, but the, you know, the, the second to last <laughs> studio album. Yeah. And what I would say about Quebec is this is, a, this, this album is, it's so conflicted in my heart. Uh, and I, I would say that it was close to being that top three. It was close to being there, but it's a little bit like the Beatles white album. You know, it's like if they had, there's just a bit too much throwaway stuff here that that's sort of like, you know what? That's cool and all. And I bet that'll be great live, but like, eh, does it really do anything for me? Yeah. Uh, so many people in the neighborhood. Great. Uh, you know, I'm going to go watch Sesame street now, you know, like, you know eh, alkin road you know eh, you know like i'm not trying to diss diss it but it's like you know in terms of like a cohesive album like what's it doing for me um and so but there's also some amazingly great songs like the argus is one of the most amazing ween songs ever as far as i'm concerned you know yeah i really i i really like um transdermal celebration you know i always thought that was a great song yeah tried and true chocolate town if you could save yourself is just like an amazing uh 
psychological portrayal yeah. of the artist, mm-hmm. you know? And it's not something that you even get much of, this introspection. Like, you don't get that much of that, like, in earlier Ween. Uh, so it's amazing. But just a little bit too much on there to say, you know what, this is this is tops, you know? Like, like I'm not trying to be overly critical of it, but um, but I think the album could benefit from being about 15 minutes shorter, t- 10 to 15 minutes shorter, and just take a few of those songs. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, again, you know, we had mentioned with La Cucaracha, it's like, by this by this time you're seeing, okay, well, we gotta get one of these songs in there. Um, you know, it's gonna be a long night. It's like, okay, it's cool, you know, if I'm in the mood for that kind of thing, but... You know, it's like, okay, we, we got to get one of, like, the obnoxious, um, you know, raucous, you know, tracks on there. We got to get, you know, something like uh, the, the Fuck Jam. You know, just something stupid that's kind of, of you know, just an instrumental-ish kind of... Uh, I mean, okay, yeah, it's cool, but it's just like, you know, if we're being honest, you know, again, you know, in the car, you're just going to let that go or you're going to skip it. You're probably going to skip it. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like, you know, hey, Diener, have you done that song that's rude and crude yet? <laughs> Oh, no, God, I'll get to it. I got it. You know, like, you know, you sort of, you know, you're like checking off the boxes a little bit. <laughs> Check it. Right, right, right. We need one of these, one of these, <laughs> one of these, one of these, you know. So there are some great gems on Quebec, but I, I agree. It's it's kind of like there's too many things on it that are kind of like, well, you know, they could have just left this off, you know. Yeah. So, again. Uh, but so. Great album. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's all the uh, the ones that didn't make the cut. We love them all, and we weren't trying to be overly critical. We're just trying to lay out some of the reasons why we couldn't put them up in the top three. Right. So, um, so that takes us to there's four albums left, and so we'll start with talking about uh, the ones that were not unanimous. And so the first one that I'll uh, introduce, and this one's Shane probably before I reveal it. Would you say this one might be uh, controversial to many? Um, maybe, yeah. But um, but anyway, so, and this is one that I voted for, not Shane, for top three. I said Golden Country Greats. Great album. Amazing album, really. Yeah, I, you know, I, this is what I would say. So, the as Ween grew and evolved as a band, you know, obviously we're going to be talking about Pure Guava coming up here. Obviously we're going to be talking about Chocolate and Cheese. Obviously we're going to be talking about The Mollusk because we haven't mentioned those albums yet. So right. everyone out there knows what's going on here. So <laughs> so you have that period. And all those albums came, you know, like two of those albums, you know, Pure Guava, Chocolate and Cheese, are them as they're building and evolving, becoming like this great band, this great, uh, you know, Aaron and Mickey, like together, and then starting to add on these musicians that are contributing to the band. And they're coming into their own and putting into these amazing albums. And Golden Country Greats comes along. And it's probably the most audacious thing that they've ever attempted. And these are the reasons why, right, that I'm like, it's got to be top three. Because it's so audacious. They're just like, we're going to go down to to record a country album. You know, we're going to get the Shit Creek Boys. We're going to get a band, a country band to back us. And we're going to put together this freaking country album. It's so audacious. And I got to tell you, like, in my humble opinion, there's really not a skippable song on the album because one of the things about Golden Country Greats is it's a concept. It's a country album and every single song is like actually like a fantastic country out al- country song. And and even ones that are a little bit more ribald, 
uh, like Piss Up a Rope, you know, Mr. Richard Smoker. It's like they still end up working, you know, and and um, and the other songs where you think, oh, this is Ween. They're going to be a little goofy, you know, talking about breakfast at Shoney's. Well, they end up just being sublimely perfect country songs that put you like on that rural route highway cruising down, you know, in down Kentucky way, you know, down Tennessee way, you know, and it just puts you right there. And you realize that these are just beautiful. It's like, how can these crazy kids write such amazingly perfect country songs? Yeah, totally. I mean, the, the, the country album is a great, uh, is a great example of it's, it's shorter than, you know, than some of the stuff that came before it. And it really is only tw- 10 tracks, but they're all, you know, they're all great. They're all great. Um, the only thing that, that that kept this out of my top three, I would say, is the 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 other albums that have so many different sort of variedness to them. You know, this this song is here, this song is there. They're all going in different directions and yet, you know, flow very nicely together. It's like, you know, the country album flows, you know, no question no questions asked, but it all is on sort of the same, you know, wavelength. You know, it's like, that's what's great about it too. But like, in my opinion, I just think when it's compared to something else, you know, chocolate and cheese, something like that, it's it's a little bit too much on the, on the same, you know, page. But I can listen to the whole thing, no problem. Although, granted, we're not comparing it to chocolate and cheese because that's already in our top three as well. So we're if you compare it to the ones that aren't in the top three. <laughs> well, that's a... But that's what I'm saying. That's why it, it didn't it didn't it just didn't make the, the top three for yeah. me. But it's very hard because I love the country album. You know, again, I listen to the whole thing, and you're absolutely right. There isn't really anything on it that's kind of, um, you know, oh, does that need to be there? You know, no, they're all great. You know. Well, and and what I would say is, what other whether what other Ween album is just like they're all similar. You know what I mean? It makes it different from every other Ween album. That's true. You know, it's like. It's like all the other ones have this sort of variety to what's being played, to what's being put on the album, even if they have some kind of cohesive concept or cohesive thematics. But uh, Golden Country Greats, it's like this is a country album and we're going to lay this out. Yeah, it's true. And it's just like it's just amazing, like postmodern moment of music history. You know, it's like this crazy alt rock, whatever, you know, you want to call it ween band we are like gonna go and do a country album and we're gonna do it as good as any country band and they pull it off oh and they totally pull it off and no questions you know the other thing that i would say is you know as i was listening to the albums you know i i got to golden country greats and i'm listening to it and i'm just enjoying myself and like singing along to all the songs and just like getting into it and just thinking like you know it's it's one of those things where it's easy for fans to just be like oh well it's a country album so you don't like even put it in the same like hierarchy of all the others. It's almost like, ah, well, you put it aside because it's a country album. It's like, no, this is one of their finest works. Like, I truly believe it's one of their finest works. Yeah, I mean, you're right. You know, and that's, you know, that's probably one of the things that, that happens to me is I kind of, you know, I kind of separate that one a little bit. You know, I just can't help it. It's just how, you know, it's just how my my brain goes through them. And it's like, okay, that's kind of like an exception, you know, but... It's really not. And I mean, it's really, you know, there are some absolutely beautiful songs on the country album. You were the fool? Yeah. You were the fool? Yeah. And Fluffy, 
is, you know, talk about that one's a little bit different than the rest, right? So that's a little bit of your variety. But even Fluffy, which is kind of like an absurd song a bit, is such a perfect end to a song or end to an album, excuse me. And it's such a perfect end to that album. I mean, you, know? you got just like it's the end of the day and the sun's going down behind the mountain and the hu- it's humid and you're on the back porch, you know, and it's like, you know, fluffy, you know, and it's just like you got your Budweiser and you're drinking a beer and, <laughs> and the, you know, mosquitoes are biting and the frogs are chirping. It, and you It know? puts you there, man. It puts you there. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And some other great tracks in there. I'm holding you. I don't want to leave you on the farm, you know, so just beautiful songs, really. You know, and Japanese cowboy, you know, don't for, <laughs> don't take that for granted. Don't take that for granted. It still has the sense of humor. You know, it definitely still has a sense of humor going on. You know, uh, another one of those albums where the first couple of times you listen to it, you know, you're laughing and just like, oh, isn't this crazy? And then, you know, you listen to it a few more times and it's like, no, this is just fucking great. You know, so. Yeah. And then in something like Piss Up a Rope, you know, I can see how that might turn some some people off that aren't that into ween. But it's also just like. Talk about a mockery, you know, like, you know, it just fits so well because it is so yeah. off kilter. Yeah, like talk about like a fuck you, you know what I mean? Like, again, yeah. as you said, they, they, <laughs> they pull it off, you know? So should we go to the next one? Uh, sure. You, you can, you want to introduce that one? So the one, the other one that I would say for, for me that I would put in my top three that, um, that, that Rory excluded and it's okay would be pure guava. It was really hard for me not to put this in my top three. It was really hard for me. I mean, like, we're talking about, like, millimeters. Right, right. In terms of, like, how do you even compare the two albums? The thing about, well, one of the things about Pure Guava, I mean, I could probably talk about it for, you know, hours. But one of the things I kind of realized when going back and listening to all of these albums again, the pod and Pure Guava, it's almost like two sides of, like, a coin. Like the the light side and the dark side, if you will. You know what I mean? It's kind of like a part one and part two. You know, of both of those albums, you know, I mentioned when we were talking about the pod, you know, it's kind of like, okay, let's just lock ourselves in a room and, and, you know, see what we come up with. But by the time Pure Guava comes around, now they're starting to get their their shit together for real. You know, as far as, as, you know, yeah, it's still a simple album, but... They're really trying to make it great. You know, they're really trying to make it good. And and it is. Pure Guava for me, for the, the longest time, I would say, is the best example of... It still has that sophomoric edge and the humor and the, you know, okay, it's crude and it's rude and, you know, all that. But it also has a lot of beauty also. There are some skippable tracks you know that there it's a it's another good example of okay if they would have just left you know these off no one would have no one would have mind you know no <laughs> no one would have been the wiser yeah you know so like i'm looking at the track listing here next to me and i mean i could literally listen to that whole album all the way through until you get to track 15 which is morning glory and it's like what the fuck why you know anyone who wants to say i love that song is a is a lying piece of shit you know it's like <laughs> i'm sorry it's just it does not it does not belong on a on a album really at all it doesn't belong on a ween album or really any other album 
And those three, it's like 15, 16, and 17. Morning Glory, Loving You Through It All, and Hey Fat Boy Asshole. If they would have just left those off, you know, you still would have had a full-length album, and it would have been probably twice as good. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, that is my critique of Pure Guava, is that yeah, it does have a few skippable songs. It has amazing – this is really when Ween starts to come into their own. Yeah. You know, like like from here on out, you know, we're talking about, you know, our the rest of the top three lists that we're discussing is going to be the next album after this and the one right after – or the two right after that. And we just talked about the – it's like there's four in a row there that we kind of lumped, right? It's like the golden era, and this is the beginning of it. They're just becoming brilliant songwriters. And that's it, it's just amazing to see it, and they're also uh, improving production values, appreciating those kind of things. Uh, I think more so, but but also just the songwriting—it's just brilliant. Like the Stallion Part Three, is is brilliant. Yeah. Um, you know, and actually, Shane, that that reminded me of that time we were um, hanging out in Worcester, Mass, and um, and walking through the streets between uh, houses we were visiting, uh, just singing a cappella, uh, the Stallion Part Three. I don't remember that per se, but I believe it. <laughs> so, um, but that's how great that song is, is that we were just singing a cappella in the streets for all who would listen. Oh, yeah. I mean, but I mean, there are some really great songs on that album. And I know that we're, we're trying to separate, you know, the, the, um, the, the album tracks from the, from the live show. But basically, like, they could play anything from Pure Guava Live and I'd be all about it. I'd be all about it. Yeah. And it and it and it wouldn't be something where it's like, oh, you know, they play that every night or, you know, whatever. It's like I would, you know, I'd be down to hear any one of those songs anytime. You know, I could I can listen to that album. I have the uh I have that album on on vinyl and that is definitely one to get on on vinyl if I could geek out for just a second. Because you can hear like all of the little like sounds and and things in the background and mm-hmm. it's just it's just great it's just great you know that's just one I could I could pop in and uh, like I said I'm good up until you know track fifteen yeah <laughs> you know well I would say I would definitely you know not need to listen to Hey Fat Boy yeah right no right F- fifteen sixteen and seventeen that includes that. Yeah, that includes that. And then you got Don't Get Too Close to <laughs> My Fantasy. But Don't Get Too Close to My Fantasy is amazing, yeah, right? Yeah, you know? So just a lot of great songs that would go on to have an amazing life to them. And again, it's like they're starting to really care, I think, when you're, you know, when you're looking at Pure Guava. It still has the, uh, it still has the goofy edge. It still has the early stuff, the early feel. But it's, it's also really great, you know? Yeah, I mean, well, it's a fantastic album, and I would say that it was really difficult for me to not put this in my top three either. Right. Like, I got to tell everyone out there that this was definitely not easy to make a top three. No, the whole thing was very difficult. You know, like, it was definitely very difficult to be like, wow, I can only put top three up there. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you have to, we've sort of forced ourselves, like, you have to choose, you know? You know, and so it definitely made me think about these albums in different ways and um, in a more critical eye. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. So there's two of them that, you know, Rory and I agree with. I have no qualms about saying. Yeah, these two are unanimous. That are, that So in a way, this makes these the top two. Uh, we're not really going to say like, ooh, this is the number one. Uh, that's not the, we didn't want to 
put that much pressure on ourselves. But uh, but these are obviously, I guess, for us, the top two because we both chose to have them in our top three. And so, um, so yeah, so the next one is um, that we'll talk about. Uh, these are not uh, – these are in chronolo- chronological order, I guess. Uh, chocolate and cheese. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, you know, I would say chocolate and cheese uh, – so the first thing is some of you out there are probably going to say, oh, well, that's the easy one. Oh, of course. Like, oh, obviously. You know, sort of like der- just derisively like, you know, it's like – that's the easy one, you know, like, and I thought about that, Shane, you know, when we were deciding on this, I was almost like, do I want to include chocolate and cheese in the top three? Like, is that the easy way out? You know, like when I was younger, maybe a more pretentious ween head, I think when someone asks you, oh, what's your favorite album? When you're a hardcore ween fan, you're not supposed to say chocolate and cheese. Right. You're supposed to be like, my favorite album, the pod. Yeah. You know, like, like that's what you're supposed to do when you're a hardcore ween. ween fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you got to show your strengths. And, and and you know, so so I definitely had that conversation in my head, and it was like, is this the easy way out? But what I'm gonna t- say is, no, because chocolate and cheese is just so fucking good. Yeah, yeah. Like it is just like the epitome, the high water mark of just like putting together a ween fucking album, and. The production value, the the work put into the songs, the variety, uh, the beautiful like lyrics of some of these songs, and you also have several songs that I think most Ween fans take for granted. Yeah, you know, a, as being passe, um, like "Freedom of '76." Mm-hmm. I mean, that is just like the most amazing, like. You know, I don't even know what kind of song that is. Maybe someone can chime in on the message boards. You know, it's like, but like, it's like a, it's like, it's like a mode of song. It's like a style of song. And it's like this love letter to Philadelphia. And when you know, like what he's talking about in the song and how it relates to the city and stuff like that, it becomes this love letter to Philadelphia. And it's almost like, you know, like I think about Bob Dylan songs and it's like, how can Bob sing a song about a historical event that, and then have it all rhyme and just fit into a song. Like, how does he do that? Well, uh, Ween did it on freedom of 76, you know, it's like, you know, how do you make that all flow together? And then have it be about this love letter. You know, it's just amazing to put that together. So people shouldn't take that for granted. Yeah. Uh, roses are free. You know, I'm a little bit down on roses are free. Like normally I got to admit it's not my favorite song, but I also want to give it props because, you know, and I've had some fun in the past uh, with you, Shane, about fish because <laughs> I'm not, you know, a big fish head. But it is something to be said that if one of the greatest jam bands in history chooses to cover that song, like it must say something about the song. Yeah, I mean, you know, Rory and I were, were talking a little bit last night getting getting uh, prepared for the podcast and we were, you know, we brought that up. And I mean, it's kind of true. It's like. I'm a bigger fish fan than, than, than Rory. And it's like, you know, there isn't a whole lot of stuff that, you know, fish covers on a regular basis. That's by one of their, you know, contemporaries really. I mean, you know, Ween's never really reached the level of popularity of, uh, you know, as fish has, but you know, it's like, that's, you know, that says something. I mean, it really does. I mean, you know, we joke around about it and everything, but it's like, that really does say something that they respect them and a song that they did so much that they put it into their, 
you know, their regular rotation, really, you know, you'll see, you'll find that, you'll find that pop up on basically, uh, I think just about every fish tour, you know what I mean? So it does, it does say something. I agree with Rory. You know, it's like, if I were to ask someone like, you know, uh, find out someone's a ween fan and ask them their favorite album, I would almost say like, what's your favorite album besides chocolate and cheese, you know, because that's just such an obvious, you know, go to. You know, it's like talking to, like, a Pink Floyd fan. And, uh, you know, for, for me, in my opinion, I would just say, like, you know, what's your favorite Floyd album besides Dark Side? You know, like, because that's just, mm-hmm. I consider that to be de- certainly one of the greatest albums, if not the greatest album of all time. So it's, it is it is kind of like that. It's like, you know, when you look at this, the, the track listing from Chocolate and Cheese, it's it's sort of like the basis of the their live career, you know, really. Uh, it's like mm-hmm. it's like it's 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 the standards of of ween you know what i mean voodoo lady yeah and it has so much variety that you can get that um yeah it has the it you know because you have songs go ahead go i ahead. was just gonna say it, it has the variety of something like pure guava but it also is fully fleshed it's 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 no longer you know them stuck in the closet it's 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 a fully functioning, you know, studio album with all, you know, instruments and, you know, and it sounds great. It holds up today. There is nothing, you know, dated about it. It's all, it's, it's fully formed and fully fleshed. It's the first, you know, fully, I keep saying the same thing. (laughs) It's the first fully formed Ween album. I would say that, so there's the songs Candy and the HIV song, I will admit as being low points. So I have no illusions here, but I think that there's such an overwhelming amount of other fantastic material that a couple skippable songs really cannot sh- sink this uh, this shit. Yeah, um, you just have too much. That's that's just just phenomenal. Yeah, uh, Buenos Stars Amigo is an amazing. It's like it's such a parody that it's no longer a parody, you know, and it's like just an amazing song. Yeah, um, Joppa Road. Joppa Road. I mean, and don't forget Voodoo Lady. Voodoo Lady can be is, is another song that I think we take for granted, but that's just like Ween rock funkadelic. Like that's one of the best like rock funkadelic sort of hybrids examples of that musical genre ever made by anyone. Right. Um, a tear for Eddie, you know, is on Chocolate and Cheese. Yeah, is a beautiful instrumental. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, song. It really, that's a song that. In 1994, Ween was going to tell the world, take us seriously. Yeah. You know, and and it's it's beautiful, you know, and it's like, so, yeah, so there's just one after another. In addition, Take Me Away also is a phenomenal way to start an album. You know, it's like Take Me Away. It's like you're going into the album and being taken away. It's like it really works well as an introductory song. Um, and so the album just flows very well. Uh, don't shit where you eat is a great way to end the song, end the album. Absolutely. Um, with this, a slow, like melodic, you know, don't shit where you eat my friend, mm-hmm. you know, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, so the, the album really works as far as how it goes. It starts out this first several songs. is like a tour de force, you know, and it really just like boom, boom, boom. And just like, doesn't let you go. Yeah. doesn't let you go until you're like, you know, suddenly you take a little break and it's drifter in the dark, you know? Yeah. Totally. You know, it's just like, 
And then you realize, wow, man, I'm really we're into it now. And then you get Voodoo, and then it's not over yet because then you got Voodoo Lady, Chopper Road, Bone Stars Amigo, what Diener was talking about. I mean, I don't want to just. The point today is not to just list album song <laughs> lists, right? But, but like, you can't help. How can it. you not just like yeah. remind everyone the songs that are on this album? Yeah, I mean, you just can't help it. It's like I'm I'm looking at the track listing here also, and it's it's like if you you know if you were to go see Ween and they just played that whole album, you know, you would have no complaints. You know what I mean? Really? I mean, just a, a, a batch of, of amazing songs that, you know, they all sort of work together. They all sort of flow very nicely and, you know, just a great record. Yeah, absolutely. So should we go to our, our last pick or do you want to say something else? Yeah, go for it. Why don't you make the announcement? <laughs> so this is not necessarily number one people. This is uh we're not picking a number one, but this is, the other unanimous choice. Right. This is the other one that both Rory and I would put on our top three. And, you know, it's the mollusk. The mollusk is what they were putting out when we first got into Ween. You know, when we first started listening to Ween, it was it was chocolate and cheese. Yes. Or no, I shouldn't say that because the country album came in there. But Well, yeah, the chocolate and cheese was the first album I heard. And then Golden Country Greats came out later that year. Right. But when I think about like us starting to go see them, I think about, you know, the mollusk like era because that's really, you know, after the country tour was over, you know, those songs kind of got, you know, sort of retired there for a while, you know, besides like Piss Up a Rope and Mr. Richard Smoker, you know, it was like the mollusk, you know, that was sort of the first batch of new, you know, straight up ween songs, um, you know, to be to be presented and. You know, what What can you say? I mean, it's just a fantastic album. There again, you know, they, they, they sort of put like a concept around the whole thing. And I really don't think there's any other band that had sort of ever captured a nautical theme or a nautical feel so well as Ween has with The Mollusk. This album does a fantastic job on a conceptual basis. Like... This idea of conceiving of this nautical slash sea shanty, I also often feel a bit like um, Irish folk historical. Like yeah. there's this, this very interesting like spy the sea, sea shanty, Irish folk type thing going on that I don't know that anyone's ever pulled off uh, conceptually an album like that. Yeah. Absolutely. It, and you know, and it stands alone and it's like, I, and, and you think about how you have the whole band at this point, you know, and they're all working together and that can't, that can't help but increase the, uh, the, the cohesion. And this is an example of where it's conceptually linked where there's this theme, but the songs are, there's such a variety of songs. Yeah. It's like, that is sort of the, the hardest thing to do when you're talking about a quote unquote concept record. It's like, you know, you can't just have everything, you know, sound the same, you know, you got to have some different, you know, variety. It's like each one has its own thing is it's, its own unique um, sort of feel to it. And yet they all sort of flow together on that same vibe. And they all sort of have that, you know, again, nautical or ocean sort of theme or feel. Yeah, you know, and it, it's um, it starts with "I'm Dancing in the Show Tonight," which is kind of the only one that doesn't have that feel. But there's never Queen's never made a better song to open an album with or a, or a live show. And, you know, it's like 
it's just great, you know, I'm dancing in the show tonight, it's like it's the beginning of the show, it's the beginning of the album, it's like a perfect way to start the album. Uh, you have songs on here that that uh, it would be easy for someone just to look at the lyrics and be like, oh, that's a silly song. But man, when you are listening to The Mollusk, you are suddenly on a beach, picking up shells, <laughs> listening to shells, listening to the ocean come in, yeah. like living in a fantasy world, yep. like suddenly it's Saturday morning cartoons, you know? And it's like, and you're on the beach and you're listening to the seashell and it's just like, it really brings you in. It's just, um, in, in a way that, that a few bands and few songs are able to do. There's not a lot of throwaway on this album. Uh, almost the entire thing is really just, it's just like, except for maybe pink eye <laughs> that is kind of like, okay, whatever. Like everything else is just really tight. It's a tighter album than chocolate and cheese. And there are some songs on here that are just, you know, mind-blowingly, like, as good as anything out there. She Wanted to Leave sounds like a song mm -hmm. that people should be learning in middle school music. Yeah. Uh, because it sounds like an Irish folk tune. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll say this right now. I sing that song to my kids at night. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's that kind of thing, you know? Cole Blows the Wind could be, like, a song of, like, some Scottish like docksmen like coming home and like going over to the grave, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like such a creepy song. It really makes you feel like the fog of the, the, the oceans coming in over the, you know, it's just, it just really sets a mood and is a beautiful, but a chilling song. And it really just puts you in that like place, you know, same with like Buckingham green, like, man, they tap into like a, uh, hit the, um, sort of heritage of Pink Floyd and just suddenly have these like completely epic, like obscenely epic notes. That's something that, that they, you know, one of the high watermarks of epicness in Ween is Buckingham Green. Yeah. It's just, it's just amazing. Yeah. You know, Ocean Man is similar to the mollusk in the fact that it's like, you think, oh, that's a goofy song. But then when you're singing it, it just puts you right down there, man. And there's an Ocean Man, you know, yeah. he's there. Yeah. You know, and it's just, so it all like, it's like, how did Ween pull it off? Like they only have a few albums that are like really conceptual or concept albums, you know, the mollusk golden country greats uh, are the really two that stand out. And to have this be the one it's, it's almost, it's almost another thing that's all really audacious to say, haha, we did this country album. Well, now we're getting back together with our regular b boys and uh, you know, but we're going to, we're going to record this, uh, this crazy sea shanty album, you know? And like, and it's like that's so it's so equally audacious to think oh we're gonna back one uh, concept album up with another you know, and then have it be so different, yeah, and yet still so and, and what the Mollusk does that Golden Country Greats doesn't do is that this is just like obviously so true to all of the Ween sort of history. It's like this the, these songs still like all fit into it, you know, and and you see this is also where you do see. You do see some of those sort of ween tropes, you know, like I'll be your Johnny on the spot, you know, but like, but this is the last album where they really just like still work really well, you know? And so like I say, I'll be your Johnny on the spot feels like a uh, leftover from Golden Country Greats and somehow creates this bridge between the albums. The Blarney Stone, which a lot of people um, that aren't ween heads might be turned off by somehow also just puts me right in like a crazy like Irish pub in in like 1850 yeah, it fits. like right by the dock yeah you know 
and it just like puts you into that crazy like sailors and pirates and yeah. and and sea shanty and they're all like drunk and um and being really just obscene and rude you know and just putting it in that crazy like setting like you know it's almost like this could be a soundtrack for some kind of crazy movie that takes place right by the ocean well it still has the sense of humor you know what i mean so there's a couple of tracks yes. where it's like dancing the show tonight Blarney Stone, Pink Eye. So it's like you still have some wean sense of humor there where it's like, okay, we're not, we're still not taking ourselves too, too seriously, you know, but, you know, we're going to throw everything on this album and show that, you know, we do have the goods, you know, we have the skills. Yeah, they're, they're painting this, yeah, they're painting like a fantasy world. They're, they're creating this fantasy world through song that feels so real. Like that's why I keep mentioning Irish and, and you could probably put, put other, um, you know, sort of cultural descriptors in front of that as well. But I just keep thinking this like Northern Atlantic thing. And, uh, and they just, it, it's put to, it's put together so well to be in that vein, but still have that variety, you know, still have, and still be like true to ween, you know, like, I don't know how you pull off all those. I don't know how you check off all those boxes. Yeah. I don't know how either, but they did, you know, <laughs> they did it, you know, now see here again, you know, I, I keep bringing up the live show. I, I don't want to, you know, again, we don't want to do that, but I, I, I can't help it. You know, it's like you look at the track listing on this album and there again, it's like, you're going to complain with any of that when it's played live? Really? I mean, maybe Blarney Stone, just because there was a long time where they did that like every show. But it's like there are some tracks on this album. You know, you mentioned Buckingham Green. It's like you could open a show with that. You could close a show with that. You could play. You could play that at any time, and it's going to be great. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could play that song any time at a, at a Ween show, and it's going to be amazing. You know, it fits no matter what. Mutilated Lips, you know, is another one. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just the Golden Eel. The Golden Eel. I mean, that, that was the other. Yeah. The, um... They're building this, the mythology, you know, like there's a ween mythology out there, right? And like, and there's, you look to an earlier song, you know, talking about the Boognish rising and all this thing. And, but you have some amazing mythology, ween mythology being built here. Like, I can't reveal the words of the golden eel. You know, it's like, that's pretty intense. You know, that's like uh, Lovecraftian almost. It's true. It's very true. You know, this, it, it's almost like chocolate and cheese and, the mollusk, maybe white pepper, you know, though, the, even though we didn't include that in our top three, it's like, that's what's sort of the basis for like their live career. In my opinion, if that's, you know, if that's okay to say that. Well, yeah, I mean, as the, as the band is con- constituted and, and, and you look at when they sort of constituted and, and that is the basis of it. Um, you know, yeah, we're not mentioning white pepper. I think it was really close to getting in the top three, but I feel like the prime to me, the prime of Ween is from pure guava to the mollusk. Yeah. And I think white pepper is still really close to that, but it's a couple years later. Yeah. And it's a little bit transitional to, <coughs> excuse me. It's a little bit transitional to the uh, later Ween period of Quebec and, and uh, La Cucaracha. It's I mean, true. if you look at the, so for example, as studio albums, just looking at the studio albums and not including anything else from 1990 to 1997, you've got six albums in eight years, you know, uh, which is phenomenal output that, that you only see from like bands like the Beatles and Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin and Bob Dylan, you know, it's like, it's pretty true. You know, how do you, how do you put together that many albums in such a short period and have them all be great. Right. And so we're looking at that period from 92 to 97, sort of almost as a peak, 
or rather the, the you know many peaks in there but like that's their their prime time as far as songwriting and and albums and then yeah white pepper is now three years after that 2000 then quebec's three three years later then la cucaracha's four years later mm-hmm. and you look at an obvious drop in pro, uh, quality production in terms of total because you know so from 1997 to 2007, that's 11 years. And then there's only three albums in that time period, you know? Like they have a 10-year period where they only have three albums. Right. You know, so so it is a different era. Uh, and, and we didn't, you know, we didn't include White Pepper in that because I just don't think it's just quite as amazing. But yeah, it, you know, White Pepper is interesting because they're back to sort of just not, they're back to doing like ween albums. And when I said Chocolate and Cheese is like the greatest, most quintessential ween album, like that to me distinguishes it from, it's funny because I, I, I sort of mean like as juxtaposed to um, like Golden Country Greats and The Mollusk, which are these like concept albums. Mm-hmm. And and uh, as far as just a pure like, hey, this is a ween album, like uh, white pepper is that like that's that's them going back to that yeah as that the, as the five member band and still put together an awesome album absolutely uh, and then after that you start to see you know that's a whole nother conversation maybe another podcast is like looking at our own interpretation of the rise and fall of of ween through their <laughs> vis-a-vis their uh, studio albums right but yeah dude i you know the mollusk it's it's just really hard to criticize too much on that album and there's just it's it's amazing you really look at it, I look at it and say, you know, this is a perfect example of how you can take songs that are would seemingly be like goofy and silly, but they're not. They're like epically serious and just really painting this like fantastical like, you know, community along the sea where these like fantastical things are happening with sea creatures. And you know, <laughs> it's really like it, it, it's 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 like I said, it's like the no other album does this. And they're and, they, and what they do with this album is basically tell a story, set the scene for like a fantasy world. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and you can like, and you can literally dive right in. Yeah. They, they take you right to it. There is no question about it. You know, just thinking about the actual song, the mollusk itself. I don't think there's any other one song that I can think of that, you know, it's like when I hear the mollusk, it's like water period. You know, it's like the sound effect that, you know, it's like to, 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 well, I got to get that in there. You know, it's like, to me that it's, it's, it's the bubbles. You know what I mean? That's what that is. It's just, I, I, I can't think of any other song that just, when I hear that, it's just like that, that makes me think of that period. There's no doubt in my mind. You know what I mean? And it's just, when you look at the whole album, it's like, I don't think any other band has really ever captured something so well like Ween the Mollusk does. You know, I know that's a bold statement, but it's just sort of like they were going for, you know, that sort of concept and they nailed it without just singing all songs about, you know, fish and boats and, you know, no, it's done in a very smart very brilliant, beautiful kind of way, you know, still has a little bit of sense of humor to it, but yet it's just, it's just done fucking great. You know, what else can you say? Yeah, no, it's fantastic. And just some of the beautiful songs. I mean, I, I, you know, that's what I love about Ween is that 
that they have so many different sides to them. And one side is these like beautiful, somber, sweet songs. And you know, it's going to be all right. Cole blows the wind. She wanted to leave. It's like, they slow it down and they do a great job of doing that, you know? And it's like, and those songs, you know, she wanted to leave is almost like a story unto itself, obviously. Right. It's like, you know, you can envision this, like, you know, ship coming in and it's like, she's on the ship and blah, blah, blah. Cole blows the wind as I already covered. It's just like really deep and like chilling you know, it's going to be all right. You know, what a sweet song, you know, somber and sweet. It's like, they do that so well. And then you also have things like the golden eel, which like, just like, you know, it's like very epic and like deep into this fantastical ween mythology, you know? Yeah. It's just like, and it's, it's interesting because that is, maybe that's another podcast right there is talking about the ween sort of legendarium, their mythology. It's like, They've built – they've used their songs to build like a mythology and like this album does a lot of that work. Totally, man. Absolutely. Well? So, yeah, man. I mean that's our – so <laughs> I'd love to hear if people want to put comments like, you know, what they agree or disagree. You know, and, and as we mentioned at the beginning, it's like, you know, there's so much to wean and there's so many sides to it that it's, that it's easy for people to have completely different opinions about what they love about wean. Um, or what albums are their favorite. And a lot of this stuff also comes into like play. Like when did you start getting into ween? You know, like what age were you when you started getting into ween? Like what was your first album you ever heard? Like, so, so, but I'd love to hear what other people have to say, like about if they agree or disagree with the, uh, the four total that we discussed as being like the top, the top, uh, the crust. Yeah. I mean, can, you know, can you, can you pinpoint your absolute favorite Ween album? No question. Or, you know, do you have to do what we do? Do you have to, you know, can you even pick a top three? Maybe there's some people that just couldn't even bring themselves to do it. You know, we want to hear your thoughts. So uh, hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on uh, on on email. It's at WeanCastPodcast on Twitter and WeanCastPodcast at gmail.com. If you know someone who might like the show, you know, hey, give us a give us a, a give us some love and, and share with your you know with your friends. Write us a review on iTunes or write us a uh, comment on YouTube. Whatever you know, whatever you'd like to do, we love hearing everything. We appreciate anyone who has listened to any of our shows so far. This one, the ones to come, and yeah, thank you so much you know, for listening. And we hope that you agree with this list, but if not, we want to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. No, we appreciate everyone listening. And, um, yeah, this is like, you know, they have a lot of great albums, you know, and you know, if I'm being really honest, I would say that every album, but La Cucaracha is truly great. (laughs) And I'm sorry, man, I'm just being honest. It's okay. And so all I'm saying is there's eight albums that all really could somehow fit into that top three. Yeah, I mean... You know, it's like... So it's, it really is a tough, tough thing, you know, yeah. to, to decide. Yeah, I mean, again, I think each one of the albums has more creativity in them than a lot of other bands will ever do in, like, their entire career. You know, I don't know if that's a harsh statement, but, you know, I just feel like that's true. You know what I mean? And the people who don't get Ween, you know, there's a lot of Ween fans out there, and there's a lot of people who, you know, you guys know who I'm talking about. The people that just don't get it. You know what I mean? It's like, there's just those people that just are never going to get it. You know what I mean? And that's just how it is. But I feel like every one of the Ween albums is amazing. And 
they're just yeah it's just it's too it's just way too hard to just say oh this one's the best or this one's my favorite it's just it was just way too hard you know it was hard enough just picking the top three really yeah and and you know you can think about like the thing that you could also do is think about well this is my favorite album if i'm thinking about this this is my favorite album if i'm thinking about that like yeah you know how brown is an album how creative is an album how much variety how much production you know it's like there's a lot of different ways that you could rank ween albums you know they're that different i mean it's basically it's like you know we try to we try to pick our favorites you know not necessarily the ones that we think are you know technically the best or you know the best production of the songs or the best that's a whole nother you know conversation it's like i i just i feel like you have to sort of pick your favorites for whatever reasons they are so it's a, yeah, it's a, it was a very hard decision to just make a top three. It really was. Yeah. So, do you have anything else, Rory? Uh, but yeah, dude, uh, I'll I'll echo what you said. Just you know, we'd love to hear you guys and let us know what you think. And and thank you for people listening. It's uh, awesome that you're out there. We hope we contributed something to the conversation today. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. Anyone that's out there that's listening to this again, hit us up on email or on Twitter at Wingcast Podcast at Twitter and uh, Wingcast Podcast at gmail.com. So thank you so much, everyone. Really. Yes. Peace be with you. All right. Peace. We out. Thank you. Later.